Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Welcome back to the show. My name is Noel. My name is Matt. We had a we had a stare off just now <laughs> as to who was gonna start. I really should have said they call me Matt. Ben is in a location far away, and yet we can still feel his ever-present influence. That's because it's ever-present. It's his very nature. That's correct. Omnipresent. <laughs> yes. He sort of hangs above us like a some sort of cosmic cloud. Again. His presence is known. Uh, we are here with special guest producer Seth. He's out there. Sethery. Uh, he's doing his thing. Uh, wait, I'm looking at him and I'm seeing hands moving. I can't tell what it is, but it looks intricate and awesome. Wow. Can we give him a nickname? Seth Death. Seth Metal? Seth Metal. <laughs> yeah, you got it. That's better. Seth Metal. Seth. Uh, super producer. Johnson. Is that okay? Are we allowed to divulge your last name on the show? All right, cool. He said it's fine. Seth Metal Super Producer Johnson. Mm -hmm. That is your new title, and it will be forevermore. Uh, Hey, we're going to do a quick check-in, you guys, because something extremely exciting is coming to us in the future. Probably not next year. Probably 2021. Matrix 
The Fourth is happening. Is that what it's called? Is that the working title? Yeah, Matrix The Fourth. Is that like a Highlander kind of situation? Yeah, there can only be four. four. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't a lot of people discount two and three? Can't we just wipe the slate and make this two? Oh, how I wish we could, Noel. Yeah. But, uh, Are you one of those naysayers of two and three? I'm not a naysayer so much as a close um, my a eyes. Close, uh, it's, yeah. You're right. It's close your eyes and pr- like pretend it didn't happen. Gotcha. And not necessarily because there are there are highlights. I should say in all three films. Uh, but I just remember the guy on all the TVs, the kind of Wizard of Oz character. Yeah. What was his the, name? The key master. No, the key master. The commissioner. The, the commissioner. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, the architect. The I architect. Believe. That was I was close. It was an official yeah. title of some sort. But you guys, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, officially, we're going to get more Neo, more Trinity, more everything. Directed by Alone Wachowski. Yeah. Just Lana. That's okay. You think that's going to be all right? Who knows? I have a theory. It's not. It's a very obvious theory. But you know, Keanu is like it's the Keanuzance right now. He is on <laughs> fire. Um, he's blowing up the world with all these John Wick movies, doing his own stunts. Mm-hmm. You know, just running around, shooting stuff, blowing things up. All him, uh, and they're just like, you know what? People need another Matrix. That's right. Well, you know, those movies are such an interesting um, comment on society, right? Mm. It's it's very much that science fiction uh, commentary of the future thing. Sure. So I, I'm interested to see how it's manipulated or changed. In some way. I think I'm not as big of a Matrix head as you are, but I will say I think it's a very important film because it did a really good job of sort of pushing more heady science fiction like Philip K. Dick kind of stuff into the forefront of, uh, you know, culture. And so I will forever be grateful for that. I think if it wasn't for the Matrix, we wouldn't have gotten things like Scanner Darkly and some maybe weirder franchises that wouldn't have happened. I'm I'm having a hard time identifying any others. Can you think of any uh, forebears to Uh, the Matrix? No, not necessarily. All I know is that it— Forebears came before. Yeah, forebears. Predecessors. You can say a lot of those. Oh, gosh. Those are both the same word. What's the (laughs) word for the thing that comes after? The the cascade of science fiction, hard science fiction, right? That's kind of what you're talking about. But The Matrix really did popularize this kind of more heady science fiction. You're Mm -hmm, right. mm -hmm. Um, and, And thank you for that. Wachowski's and uh, Neo's and Trinity's and Morpheus's. What are we doing today? We're not talking. We're not doing a Matrix episode. We're though. not talking about that today. We are officially exploring music, music because the music the soundtrack. Think about the soundtrack, the Matrix. But anyway, okay, we'll get away from that. How music can affect us both individually and collectively. And you know, the three of us here today, both you and Seth and I, have a very personal connection to music. And I thought we would start maybe by. Talking about that, how has music affected you, Noel? Yeah, I mean, I grew up uh, playing violin, and I sang in the church choir and all that stuff, and I uh, started kind of, I kind of like gave up violin in favor of uh, the electric guitar, and started being in rock bands. Um, started doing early on kind of some metally type stuff, actually, and then got more into like Smashing Pumpkins and indie rock, and then gradually graduated more towards like pavement and that kind of th- that kind of stuff. But I got definitely got my start in much heavier music for sure. Nice. See, for me, I I grew up playing drums in a praise band at a church, and that was all music was for me for years and years and years. And the connection that music had to religion was so, uh, so close. The two were so intertwined that it was difficult for me to even explore music outside of that because I was kind of stuck in this one place for so long, at least mentally. 
But, you know, as, as your journey, I also found my way towards lots of other genres and ended up uh, really enjoying some of the heavier things in life, including, well, really classical heavy metal. I, I really classical, got into Classical, like Bach? When I say classical heavy metal, I mean some of the classics from the 60s, 70s, uh, 80s. Sure. I was really enjoying Sabbath. learning about all, Sabbath. You like some Sabbath. I very much did. Yeah. So again, today we're talking about music. We're talking about how powerful and highly connective music can be. Yeah, and the act of writing it, performing it, it is a conduit between human beings, people working together to create music. And with that creation, there is thought and intention sometimes behind the actual <laughs> material. The act of listening to music connects uh, people to those creators, and it's all this kind of giant web of interconnectedness, of sharing and ideas. It almost can become its own kind of, I don't know, religion might be a strong word, but it's definitely a way of identifying with lots of different people that share the same uh, either values or the same kind of aesthetics that you do. No, you're absolutely right. Listening to music connects us, the the listener, right? to those those people who are creating it, to the, you know, the instrument choices they're making, the words that they're saying. And in a lot of ways, it can also connect us to ourselves because music can help unlock or maybe enhance the way that we're really feeling, the way, you know, what we're really thinking, um, stuff that we're not allowing out into the world uh, openly. A lot of times music is that way to kind of have us connect back to ourselves. And, you know, a lot of us get to choose the music that we hear. Of course, that isn't true for all people in all situations, but a lot of us get to decide which vibrations and concepts stimulate our brains on a regular basis. Think about it. Our iHeart and Pandora stations, our Spotify and YouTube playlists, and uh, these choices that we're making, they're all influenced by a ton of factors, including our location in the world, our background, you know, how we grew up, the prevailing culture, wherever that is, and almost an, an infinite number of other circumstances that lead to what we're listening to at any given moment, especially regularly. Yeah, and it really can become its own kind of uh, microcosmic cultural experience. So many times over the years, specific cultural movements within music have been associated with violence, uh, with a particular eliciting a particular response, or at least sometimes they're lumped in with that. Uh, here are some examples across the world from L.A. to Paris to New York City um, to Moscow. There have been several genres of hip-hop that have Lyrically address the violent circumstances facing communities and individuals. Then if you travel down to Mexico, Central America, you'll encounter these things uh, that are called narco-corridos or drug ballads. And in these, there are explorations of people living on the other side of the law, generally within the, the realm of the drug trade. Now, today's episode, again, those are just two examples. There's there's been violence associated with music across space and time. But uh, in today's episode, we're heading over to northern Europe. And we're going to check out a place that's collectively known as Scandinavia, several different countries that are beautiful, uh, sometimes frigid, just in temperature. Uh, <laughs> uh, but again, you know, you can't let yourself be influenced by just what you see on television and the way a place like Norway is, is shown um, because that is not – 
everything within that country. There are all kinds – there's so much diversity that occurs over there, uh, both natural and human-made. Yeah, despite what you might see um, depicted in mass media, kind of lazy de- depictions of this region as being one particular thing. And today, we're exploring some strange uh, controversies, the conspiracies uh, surrounding the Scandinavian metal scene, uh, the spates of church burnings and allegations of Satanism. That's right. Satanism. Ooh. Every time we cover anything that touches on this, I I don't know. There's an error about the episode just coming into the studio. I was in here earlier when Seth came in, and uh, I was almost not startled, but I, I was in my own world here researching this stuff alone. And, uh, you got spooked? Did you spook yourself? I not necessarily spooked, but it's um, – It feels like I'm doing something wrong, if that makes sense, just by even studying a word like Satanism. Well, I think a lot of that might have to do with your background, too. I think think it's all connected. a very Christian upbringing, and this is sort of like off-limits stuff because at the end of the day, I mean, there's different flavors of Satanism, right? There's, you know, legitimate pagan kind of devil worship, and then there's Satanism as more of a form of protest or like a political movement, right? Absolutely. Um, So let's just, before we get into too much of that, let's first ask the question. We we give the facts, right? Here are the facts. What is metal? Oh, metal? Like uh, the genre? Or, oh, yeah, boy. Or, no, let's talk about the material. <laughs> okay, yeah. So metal is pretty tough to define. There are a lot of reasons for that. Music uh, critics over the years and, and historians, we try – we, as in humans, try very hard to categorize things like this. And specifically music because we have industries like uh, the radio industry uh, that – in the you know record industry that want to put things into categories so that you can sell them and you can package them and you can talk about them in a certain way. Metal is one of those things that is – it's so spread out in what could be considered metal, types of metal. But there are a few people who have gone through and said, OK, this is how we are going to define this genre. It's pretty cool. The term heavy metal, I didn't even know this, uh, was first used um, in a way to describe music in the 60s in the song, Born to be World. It's so weird to me that that was considered metal. By Steppenwolf. The name of the band sounds more metal than the actual song. Like, to yeah. me, that just sounds like old school rock and roll kind of, you know. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lyric specifically in that song that says, heavy metal thunder. Yeah, and that's according to. Get out on the highway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God, don't Sorry, sue those, us, anybody. Those actually don't. Oh, right. We're, we're big fans. We're big we'll, fans. We'll beef all that out. No, uh, we don't no, have I to. I think we're okay. And also, according to Chad Bauer, the the gentleman who was talking about Born to be Wild, uh, he notes that, quote, most consider groups like Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, and Deep Purple to be the first heavy metal bands. I can totally get behind that because, I mean, all of those bands take the tradition of kind of blues and like bar chords, but they kind of add a little chug to it and have these riffs that sort of have this like very shared aesthetic. Led Zeppelin to me, I I would argue, is maybe less metal metal than Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. Led Zeppelin's yeah. a little more like really leaning on the blues side of it, a little bit heavier and almost making their own kind of subgenre. But, uh, you know, the, these are the experts, so who are we to judge? Uh, from there, the concept evolved and branched off into a, 
absurd number of subgenres and genres related to the sound. Uh, while associated with or influenced by metal, you couldn't really describe them in that specific way today. Uh, for a fantastic look at the history of metal and its various genres, we highly recommend checking out this site from MIT. Yeah, MIT uh, um, in Boston. Uh, And that was metal.mit.edu. It gives you a really cool kind of like, what do you say, like an interconnected kind of like chart that tracks the Uh, the evolution of metal, right? It's awesome. It's heavy metal. It's MIT Heavy Metal 101. And it says shattering eardrums since 2006. And if you read through this, it's fantastic. It gets into so many details. If you really want to, you know, learn about that, there's got to be a music show out there that you can listen to that's going to go over all this stuff or just go to this website because it's a fantastic read. Today, we're just, you know, we're going to drill down a little bit further just into one specific genre of metal. Again, we talked about Scandinavian black metal and uh, that's really where we're going to remain for the rest of the episode. So go learn about metal if you wish. Come back And uh, then we'll continue. We'll be right here. See, I told you we were here the whole time. We never really leave. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Seth, just checking in. How how are you feeling about our discussion of metal thus far? Do you want to bring up the tritone or the the devil's integer, the devil's uh, chord change? I forget exactly what it's called. It's like the flatted fifth. Oh, man. You guys familiar with flatted fifth? Sounds pretty evil. Well, it again, it is. It does sound evil, and it was it was coined the I think it was the devil's. Oh, I can't remember exactly. I, I didn't actually write this down. This is me pulling from old, old, old knowledge that's deep in my head somewhere. Um, it's a musical interval. Let's see, composed of three adjacent whole tones. I, I don't really know what that means. I just know that w- one of them is a flatted fifth mm-hmm. of the three. And does this actually – is this contained in metal music? Yeah, or? Black Sabbath in particular, if you go to that MIT site we were talking about, uh, it talks about uh, them using this to great effect because it's – it almost feels like a note that shouldn't be there if you're writing a traditional song with with chord changes that are in the same key or something, this flatted fifth is almost – it's eerie almost or it throws you off a it's little bit. It's sort of like the blue note in, in blues or jazz. It's the thing that makes it kind of sad. This is the thing that makes it kind of evil. It makes it metal, baby. I'm throwing up my horns when I say that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, make no mistake though. What we're talking about is Scandinavia, which is ground zero for heavy metal. Um, in 2013, the Swedish foreign minister, Carl Bildt, tweeted, quote, Finland and Sweden seem to be the global leaders in – metal bands, um, along with a map sourced from CIA.gov and <laughs> MetalArchives.com uh, showing just how many metal bands originate in Sweden, Finland, and Norway. This is very important to remember for later. And people have actually studied Swedish and Finnish in an attempt to better understand some of their favorite metal bands. Oh, yeah, very much so. And you guys, we need to take a quick break, and then we'll get right back in and keep this rabbit hole going. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. 
$25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back talking Scandinavian black metal. Now, according to the metal blog Invisible Oranges, uh, sounds sounds interesting, right? It's uh, it's by Cosmo Lee. The popularity of metal in any given region can be arguably reducible to a few factors. Now, uh, there's a researcher that was consulted here named Donald McGuire, and he wrote a paper called Determinants of the Production of Heavy Metal Music. Now, this guy, he went deep. He explored 55 different factors and found that the, the number of heavy metal that is produced in any given area depends on seven things. Are you ready for these? Mm-hmm. And Seth, I'm going to be looking to you to see if you agree with any of these because it's it doesn't seem real to me, but it, there's some sand to this. Uh, number one, the percentage of the population that is Catholic. 
The percentage of the population with zero religion. Okay, so those are two interesting, possibly opposing things. Number three, the latitude of the country. Whether the country has a Scandinavian legal history. Number four, the number of years that that country was under Marxist rule. And the number of the population that are males between the ages of 15 and 24. And finally, the number of concert halls per one million persons. So this isn't a perfect system by any stretch of imagination, but it tracks with what we know about Scandinavian history, demographics, and culture. And you can read the full analysis over there at Invisible Oranges as well as the paper published in Metal Music Studies. Really interesting, right? So if we break some of this stuff down, if you have a percentage of a population that identifies at least as Catholic, then another significant portion of a population that identifies as having no religion, you can see how there could be some people at odds there. When you throw in the latitude of the country, what at least this is what I'm inferring, is that you're bringing in how warm generally and how um, humid the climate is in any given country. And also, you know, depending on the elevation in, in the area where, where people are located. I wonder if elevation, I wonder if he should have put elevation in there somewhere. That would have been fascinating. Uh, but, you know, then the other, the other ideas of just literally saying, does it have a Scandinavian legal history? Fascinating. Uh, and then the whole Marxist rule thing. I don't know. I want to learn more about that. So I'm going to go back and uh, read some more about that later. But for now, let's just keep going on here because we've, we've pretty much established what metal is, a little bit at least. Um, and we also know that metal itself, several versions of it, is supremely popular within the Scandinavian countries that we, we mentioned above. Yeah, you know, Sweden, Finland, Norway. Yet yeah, uh, in the States, um, in the U.S. and abroad, it's always kind of had a bit of a controversial um, image, right? So during the great the satanic panic in the U.S., heavy metal music along with Dungeons and Dragons were both cited as contributing factors in everything from violent assaults uh, like the um, the murders, the child murders at Robin Hood Hill. Yeah. Those guys were all metal fans and they were sort of railroaded because of that that fact alone and, you know, was implied that because they listened to heavy metal music, they were participating in some sort of satanic rituals. Which brings us to another factor, uh, the rise of devil worshipping or the perceived rise of mm-hmm. devil worshipping during that period and property damage and and more. And uh, it's, it's crazy there because things range from – uh, annoyances like property damage and riffraff coming around here listening to their heavy metal music and messing up my garbage cans to literally murder. That's that's at least the perceived um, stuff going on here from portions of the U.S. population. And just to add to all that stuff, anything culturally that becomes a little bit popular that is contrary to some of the what I guess what the powers that be would wish the established culture would be. I don't know if that even tracks as making sense to anyone listening out there, but anytime something is a little outside of the regular thing, especially when it comes to religions in or the popular religions in an established area, it's uh, it can be viewed, I think, that it's seen as anti-establishment. And a lot of times these movements are meant specifically to be anti-establishment or, or anti norm, I guess. Now in Scandinavia, particularly in Norway, there is a genre that we've kind of mentioned here called black metal. And this in particular was cited as the cause of an intense anti-Christian terrorist campaign. That's right. 
an anti-Christian terrorism campaign. And black metal was cited as being a part of a conspiracy to protest the country's dominant religion through the act of literally burning down the most sacred sites of people's faith in Norway, churches. Now, here's a big question. Was this true? Was black metal truly to blame for this conspiracy to burn down churches across Norway? Um, we're going to explore that, and we're going to talk about reasons that it may have just been a little bit of propaganda at the hands of media in the vicinity in Norway to uh, to fight back against some anti-establishment movements. But we're going to find out. So let's move forward. Here's where it gets crazy. Right here? Right here. All right. I'm ready for it. I feel like I just set up all that stuff in, as in like, we're going to find out, we're going to do this, we're going we're gonna to check into it. Well, guess what? We already researched it. We're in here recording it right now. And it's absolutely true that black metal itself in some way had to do with this conspiracy to burn down churches in Norway. Between 1992 and 1996, no less than 50 successful or attempted church burnings were attributed to musicians and fans of the black metal scene in Norway. Um, so CNN describes black metal in this way, and uh, this is this is very very good description. Black metal is a subgenre of heavy metal music that typically takes on anti-Christian, satanic, and paganistic themes. Black metal songs typically have a fast tempo. They're called blast beats. And uh, featuring, they feature shrieking. I've always referred to them as kind of witchy vocals, like like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also uh, heavily distorted guitars, more so than just like your metal zone pedal, you know? Yeah. Any guitarist out there a lot in of the times... audience might remember the <laughs> boss metal zone. Yes. Um, classic metal, good distortion. It's uh, more of a wall of, it's, of a, it's a absolute crushing wall of distortion, <laughs> yeah. like uh, like static almost. Yeah, like it's almost it's bordering on atonal, but then there are shreddy yeah. riffs and lead licks and everything like that, um, and unconventional song structure. So lots of uh, weird time signatures, tempo mm-hmm. changes, things like that. And some of the big bands in that scene. Um, the, the term black metal actually comes from the British group Venom. Uh, it was one of the most influential black metal bands. And there were other acts like Bathory, Mayhem, Barzoom, Immortal, Emperor, and uh, my personal favorite, Gorgoroth, whose uh, lead singer plays a big part in some of these stories. Yeah. So it's important to note that these acts of uh, church burning or vandalism, property damage, what have you, they could be actually considered acts of domestic terrorism with one unified aim. And and that is to protest the very existence or, you know, the hegemony, the kind of dominance of Christianity in uh, in Scandinavia, a country that was founded on a pagan or uh, Odinist kind of set of beliefs and then sort of taken over by Christian, Christian beliefs. And these churches very much represent that hegemony and that kind of, you know, um, other other force that kind of comes in and maybe steers the history of this uh, part of the world uh, away from their more, um, you know, kind of the Viking type roots. It's interesting to see it as almost cultural vengeance against that kind of thing or, you know, taking back the power uh, of the history in some way. Uh, it certainly doesn't excuse the acts in any way, but it is interesting to to see it in that light. So let's jump to the, the documentary, Satan Rear Media, Satan Rides the Media. 
Okay. <laughs> and in it, prominent members of Norway's black metal scene are asked oh, about that's the translation. what's happening. Satan rear media means in English, Satan rides the media. I got it. Yeah, that's yeah, not, yeah, That's yeah. not like a subtitle. Oh, apologies. Yeah, I, I should have uh, <laughs> specified that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, We would call it here, and Nolan and I would call it Satan rides the media. That's right. Um, so they take the Norway's black metal scene. They asked a bunch of people about these instances of church arson. And inside it, there's a guitarist named Jorn Ingen. Tunsberg, and he was convicted for um, a church arson, and he answers, or at least uh, considers this question by saying, quote, the reason behind burning Assane Church was that Norway is always so moral, Christian morals. Rules and regulations are always religious. The more Christian, the more you hate it. You understand that Norway should not be Christian. Like, as in, you understand who he's speaking to. You understand that Norway should not be Christian. And then he says, and that is the reason for burning a sane church. It's A-S-A-N-E, church. The point is very symbolic, really. So it kind of gets to what we're talking about. It's a reaction to something that they view as improper. So this other fellow named Varg Vickerns, uh, who was imprisoned for charges including the murder of a fellow black metal musician uh, named Euronymous. Euronymous was in a band called Mayhem, and Vickerns uh, was in a band called Barzoom. Uh, he was also uh, imprisoned for the charges of burning down three churches and the attempted arson of a fourth. So um, this is how he responds to this notion of what Christianity means uh, to him as a native Norwegian. Quote, the church has behaved so disgracefully, basely and cruelly in Norway. It's incredible. When they talk about Satanism, when someone burns a church, they ought to look to themselves and remember all the sacred places they have burnt, they being the Christians, uh, and ruins on top of which they have built their churches. Wow. Again, that whole thing just feels like metal lyrics. They have a point there, right? When you think about the Crusades, you, th- you think about – the things that the most popular religions in the world have done as a large group certainly isn't uh, to vilify any of the individuals, right? But as institutions over time for hundreds and hundreds of years, many of them have done some fairly horrific things. So um, if, you, if you look to other documentaries and interviews You'll hear black metal musicians offer similar things. Uh, as a gentleman named Call G A A H L. Uh, his real name is Christian uh, Ivand Espital. He's the guy that's in Gorgoroth. That's the dude. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's the dude. And in Metal, A Headbanger's Journey, uh, this dude unapologetically expresses his support of church burnings. And it's kind of unsettling uh, because he also expresses his desire to see more church burnings. Let's just burn them all. Uh, and here's his quote. He says, church burnings and all of these things are, of course, things that I support 100%, and it should have been done much more and will be done much more in the future. We have to remove every trace from what Christianity and the Semitic roots have to offer this world. Satanism is freedom for the individual to grow and to become Superman. Uh, Every man who is born to be king becomes king. Every man who is born to be a slave doesn't know Satan. Um, Whoa. You, you kind of get a pretty serious sense that he is literally anti-Semitic because he's talking about how the Semitic roots uh, in you know religion and culture are inherently a bad thing. And he's kind of espousing some like almost Nietzschean kind of like the same things that Hitler would have talked about as far as like, you know, becoming the Superman. And yeah. there is very much a kind of Aryan uh, flair to what he's saying. Yeah. 
Well, and, and here in, you know, we've had several examples here at this point of people either supporting or at least lending a tiny bit of support to these church burnings that were occurring in Norway and in, in Scandinavia. And it's easy to maybe think, oh, well, then everybody in the black metal scene uh, has this view. The black metal as a genre, as a music, and as a culture means that it's anti all of this stuff in church burnings, they would view church burnings as a good thing. But um, you have to remember that doesn't mean just because we have three or four doesn't mean that the whole thing is monolithic. Uh, It doesn't mean that all the musicians and fans support this practice, but it is, you know, something in, in the wheelhouse of what we were wanting to explore when we set out to do this episode, which is can music itself or the, the culture surrounding music influence us and influence our actions. And when I say us, I mean everybody, anybody. Could it? And at least it appears in this way that the, the shared outlook or, uh, or in motivation for a lot of this type of music does seem to be steering at least quite a few of the people involved in it in a certain direction. But again, if you tried to say all of uh, all of black metal is doing this at all times, it would be like saying all ha- all fans of hip hop or whatever, anyone who's ever uh, attempted to freestyle a verse are a hundred percent on board with drive by shootings, which yeah. is a, like the one of the stupid stupidest things you could say. And I feel dumber for even mentioning it. Don't feel that way, Matt. But uh, it needed to be said. <laughs> it, it's it's. In equivalency. Yeah, and furthermore, it seems that the supporters of church burnings are themselves not a, a united front in the first place. Some folks like Varg Vikern seem to argue in favor of what they see as a culture war. In his blog post, Vikerns argues that the conflict between pre-Christian Norway and modern Christianity is similar to the fear and conflict between some modern Europeans and Islamic culture. Uh, it should also be noted that the core of Vikerns' beliefs are rooted in racial ideology, which is also seems to very much be the case for uh, Gaul. Yeah, you definitely see uh, the echoes there. Now, there are others involved with this stuff who are not a part of the black metal scene, Um, lone actors outside of Norway who may simply be disaffected, isolated people. Uh, Overwhelmingly, the people who took part in this were young men, and perhaps they were just seeking an outlet for some inner rage, some personal conflict, some conflict that they see as a wider thing, but it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what we've been speaking about prior to this. So it follows then that the original waves of church burnings were based on this kind of religious fanaticism, uh, the idea that pre-existing North mythological beliefs were the true creed of the region and that Christianity had to be uprooted um, and driven from the land in, entire, in its entirety. So the association with a Christian Satan – uh, therefore, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in that context, right? Why would a religious fanatic commit an act of violence in the name of a supernatural being that his or her actual religion doesn't even acknowledge? That is pretty weird, right? We were talking about that a little bit off mic, just <laughs> how in order to truly believe in some kind of religious Satanism, you would have to essentially take the, the – or be a Christian but just an anti-Christian. 
um, rather than have another view. It's really strange. So denying the idea of Christianity would also make it where you would have to deny the existence of Christian Satan or Lucifer. So there'd be no reason whatsoever in this frame of thought for Satan to exist, much less uh, to be supported by physical acts of violence. Um, fun fact, uh, how much of a cultural supremacist is Vickerns? Well, he actually refers to Christianity as a, quote, immigrant religion. Um, how racist is he? He constantly complains that the character based on him in the fictional film Lords of Chaos is a, quote, fat Jew. Uh, this guy is is kind of a hot garbage person. Uh, that is unfortunate uh, that that person has those beliefs and says those things. Um, okay, so we're going we're gonna to take another quick word from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back with our conclusions and uh, what we've found here. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. We're back. So the question remains, how much of the Satanism that's extolled in black metal, uh, at least at the time that the church burnings were happening, was genuine? How much of it was ideological? Or how much of it was true theistic Satanism that we've talked about before on the show? And how much of it was more or less window dressing or PR meant to provoke and garner attention? Because remember, these are musicians. They have bands. They have obligations, a lot of times to sell a certain number of records. And you need to get your name out there. This is certainly one way to do it. But you could also wind up in jail, which would probably be a bad call. But we do know that there were true believers in the Scandinavian black metal scene. Euronymous, this guy that we've talked uh, talked about earlier, he was often credited as one of the primary founders of the actual uh, satanic movement. He described himself as a theistic Satanist. Exactly. In an interview by Asa uh, Lafinpera for Kill Yourself magazine, it's a charmingly titled magazine, Euronymous put his beliefs in this way. Uh, quote, I believe in a horned devil, a personified Satan. In my opinion, all the other forms of Satanism are bullshit. Uh, I hate that some people think up idiotic ways of making eternal peace in the world and dare to call it Satanism, like so many do. Uh, Satanism comes from religious Christianity, and therefore it shall stay. I'm a religious person, and I will fight those who misuse his name. People are not supposed to believe in themselves and be individuals, uh, be individualists, rather. They are supposed to obey, to be the slaves of religion. I, I, he, I, I think he's being tongue-in-cheek here. I don't know. I know. It, it seems like it so sounds much like he's of being it, a smart aleck. It, it seems like so much of it is just a commentary. It's, it's cultural commentary. But again, in a way, these are, these are artists, right? These are people who are massively creative when they, when they make music, when they you know, decide what their band's going to look like, what the stage is going to be like, what the album cover is going to look like. It certainly isn't hard to imagine that there's also some creativity happening here when you're speaking with a magazine such as this. But, you know, to this day, long after Euronymous's murder, remember, uh, this was a whole other thing. Right, by Varg Vikerns. Yeah, uh, people, people argue about how much of his image, uh, Euronymous, how much of it was sincere and how much of it was truly attention-seeking or, you know, posturing or, again, kind of an, an act on purpose to be a part of the stage show and a part of the uh, version of himself that exists within his music. And yet none of this stuff, none of these realizations are going to unburn any churches. Um, so there it is. Uh, there was, in fact, an active conspiracy to burn churches in Norway in the 1990s. But however coordinated these attacks might have seemed to outsiders, the reality is they, uh, they were motivated by a, a number of different, at times, completely contradictory reasons, right? Yeah, you're talking about religious fanaticism led some people to set fire. Um, others appeared to be attention-seeking. They they seem to be displaying provocative behavior on purpose for a different reason. Yeah, some acceptance-seeking or proving themselves to be part of a group of isolated loners, which is really interesting to – like, right? I'm 
part of this group of isolated people. Well, it's, you, sort of a, it's a counterintuitive, right? Yeah, but but again, it it makes sense in another way. And, you know, they're also cultural and ideological and sometimes racial supremacists that, that were in play there as we saw at the end. But as for a true, you know, shadow of Satanism that's looming over Scandinavia, we still have to ask ourselves in the end, how much was true Satanism on the part of the individuals involved? There were some, but we can't prove much more than that. How much of this whole thing was influenced by the media coverage, by a bit of hysteria? I mean, there are a lot of churches burning around in a fairly short period of time. That could be pretty scary, and it would also cause people to turn on their TVs and watch a news station and buy newspapers. Yeah, and how many of these incidents were just attempts to get attention? Um, More than 20 years later, these questions kind of still remain. And I don't know how we're truly going to get rid of all of them, but we do know there's more to look at here, and perhaps we'll continue down this rabbit hole a little bit, you know, at a later date. Uh, but for now, we're going to leave it leave it at that. Churches were burned, for sure. And enough people within the black metal uh, scene in Norway and the rest of Scandinavia, enough people seem to be in on it and happy about it. Yeah, I'm willing to talk about it. There's a really interesting uh, documentary called Before the Light Takes Us yes. that is about all of this stuff. Um, really interesting. Um, goes into great detail about the uh, feud between uh, Barzoom and Mayhem and that murder and how that kind of fed into this scene and a lot of the kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, identity politics behind this stuff mm-hmm. because it was these kind of factions about like who could be more evil and who, you know, was more a true believer. But even within that there is a lot of posturing and I mean you know these we haven't really even talked about this these these black metal artists they wear corpse paint and yeah. I have a very which is white makeup and you know kind of runny black uh, eye, like liners around their eyes sort of looking almost like uh, King Diamond that that the artist or whatever oh, yeah. or like Sting the wrestler kind yeah. of like that yeah. uh, I have a very distinct memory of a really great article because a lot of this happened when I was a kid it was in Spin Magazine and it interviewed a handful of like kind of like big figures in the uh, Scandinavian black black metal scene and i remember one of them like had a, a a decaying crow that he kept in a bag and every time he would like perform he would like sniff the d- decaying crow in the bag so that he had the sel- the smell of death in his nostrils so i mean there's definitely uh a drive among some of these folks to be very authentic and to absolutely i don't know pr- for lack of a better term practice what they preached and yeah. some of that involved burning down churches yeah, and sniffing crows. That is just – that's a way to win me over if you're ever in my presence. Just sniff a decaying crow. Yeah. And I'll know, hey, we're on the same page, buddy. Hey, for sure. Are you on the same page with us about this topic? What are your thoughts on black metal? What's your favorite genre of music? Uh, what's your favorite subgenre of metal? Yeah, and how has music influenced your life over the years? Do you think music is powerful enough to make people take actions and do things? Are there other examples of that occurring in the past? Or is that something that media and, you know, in our attempt to categorize and make sense of things, is that something we came up with on our own? Maybe, maybe music can't actually make us do anything or video games or movies or TV or culture. Maybe that's all part of something bigger, the uh, circumstances that we find ourselves in. You can uh, connect with us on our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. All you have to do is name me, Matt, or Ben, um, or, you know, just say something clever, and we'll, we'll let you in for sure. What was, of- it? what was it? What's uh, 
It was special guest super producer. No, special Seth. Seth Metal. <laughs> Seth Metal super producer Johnson. Yeah, I think that was it. We can review the tapes. Okay, okay. All right. This is a record of this. Um, if you don't want to do that, you can hit us up on Instagram or regular old Facebook where we are Conspiracy Stuff or Conspiracy Stuff Show. Isn't that right? Is it on Instagram's Conspiracy Stuff Show? Correct. Yeah. And what's your What's your Insta? Oh, you can find my Insta at HowNowNoelBrown. Um, you know, it's just me doing, farting around, doing stuff. Sniffing dead crows. And being adorable. I'm being adorkable. <laughs> Thanks, bud. I appreciate that. Uh, if you don't want to do any of that internet stuff, um, you can give us a call on our hotline, which we have, which is 1-833-STDWYTK. And if none of that floats your boat, uh, you can send us – oh, wait. No, here's another thing you should do. Um, you should check out Movie Crush, which is a show that I'm on occasionally. And Matt was just on uh, discussing the original Matrix. That's right. Yeah. I talk, uh, man, it was so much fun. I am so jealous that you get to hang out with Chuck in a room alone uh, several times a week. Things say you make it sound very, uh, very sinister. No, in a no. Room, a windowless room alone with Chuck Bryant. It's similar to the joy I get from hanging out with you and Ben in a darkened room alone, albeit uh, with the three of us. Uh, but with Chuck, I mean, he's just a delight. I think you would agree with that. Uh, He's just a cool dude, as you are. And um, we got to chat Matrix for way too long. And by the time this episode is out, your Matrix episode should be live in the world for folks to check out. It's already out there, man. No way. Yeah. All right. Check it out now. And if you don't want to do that, well, no, that in there, what's wrong with you? You should do that. Um, (laughs) You can just send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.